Welcome to episode 210 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Jules Forrest. She is a designer currently making her way to Credit Karma. Uh, she's also made Women Who Design. Before that, she was at Sequoia, Medium, Optimizely, and has done a lot of really wonderful work, which we'll dig into shortly. Before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsors for this episode. First up, Shopify. Shopify is hiring. Go on. Shopify is hiring designers, content strategists, researchers, and UX leads all across their offices, over 180 folks that are currently spread out across Ottawa, Toronto, Waterloo, Montreal, and of course, here in San Francisco. That exotic Canadian city of San Francisco. That's the one. Shopify is an e-commerce platform that helps businesses all around the world sell online and offline on social media and stores. uh, They've basically enabled an entire generation of businesses and they're doing incredible work and they want you to help them. We have a bunch of friends that work there. We can't speak highly enough about their work. They do amazing writing about everything that comes across a designer's plate. It's really awesome, um, especially on the leadership side. So if you want to get a leadership role, they're a great place to start. If you're into more of the technical aspects, go check out Polaris, their design system. It's amazing and it's like super comprehensive. You should go check out that work. Even if you're not going to go join them, you should go check out that work. You should go check out what they're up to see what they're talking about with the kinds of things they're working on at ux.shopify.com or you can just search for Shopify UX to find them on Medium, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Again, that's ux.shopify.com to really see what the team cares about, the things they think about and what you could potentially be working on. Thanks once again to Shopify for sponsoring the show. Check them out, shopify.com slash careers. Second sponsor, back again, Abstract. Abstract helps modern design teams like yours to work smarter and faster together online at the same time with real-time collaboration, visual diffing, file syncing. That's a lot of words. Conflict. How though? How does it work? You can think of abstract like GitHub, but for designs. What's GitHub? GitHub is like a master source of truth for all of your work that your team can look at and contribute to over time. GitHub does so that, that? Yeah makes it so that anybody can contribute work and you can see the iterations build up over time. You can go back to past versions. You don't have conflicts, sharing work or working on the same file at the same time. Basically, it makes collaboration with other humans much, much better. And it's been a long time coming for this to hit so version control. design teams and Abstract's done it. It's a source of truth for all of your files. Uh, it's version controlled, so your work is safe over time. It's stored in the cloud. Every iteration has context because you can actually comment on what you changed. And you can get feedback right where you need it. Comments from non-designed peers make it so that collaboration is much easier across your entire organization. Visual diffing so they can see where they need to change something. It also integrates with the tools you're using every day anyways, like Slack. And they're working on integrations with other things like GitHub, Jira, and more. All that good stuff. They basic- and also Jira. They're going to change the way you work. And you can learn more at goabstract.com. You're going to like the way you work. I guarantee it. What is wrong with you? Men's warehouse. It's not very good. <laughs> Go to goabstract.com. You can try it for free for a month. Uh, check out their gorgeous design. If you want to hear what their team sounds like and thinks about uh, we've had some of their team on our show. Mm-hmm. And the person who designed that gorgeous website, Josh Williams. Josh Williams was on the show. Tim Van Dam. Josh Brewer. Josh Brewer. Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Go listen to those episodes and check them out. Again, that's at goabstract.com. Uh, thanks once again to Abstract for sponsoring the show. Definitely go check them out. 
With that, let's get an episode 210 with Jules Forrest. Hi, my name is Jules Forrest, and I have a last name. And <laughs> and it's an awesome last name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I am a product designer living in San Francisco. What are you working on? Right now, absolutely nothing, because I'm unemployed for the next week. Nice. But in one week, I will be starting at Credit Karma, and I will be working on design systems there. Nice. Woo. Congratulations. Pretty pumped. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> so you have a week until you have to work one with week. Josh and Nabil. Ugh. Yes. What are you going to do in the meantime? Um. Well, I'm going to read a lot of articles about design systems, mm-hmm. probably. Um, <laughs> Pre- actually do some job prep, baby. <laughs> yeah, do some job prep. Um, they're the kind First of, things first. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> Google, is what is a design real? system? Is this real? What is design? <laughs> um, no, I actually encourage anyone who is interested in design systems to join the design systems Slack channel. Cool. Um, I think it's design-systems.slack.com. And I've been sort of lurking in there for like the past year, year and a half and like been reading all the articles and sort of like being in that slack room was one of the things that made me realize like wait I want to keep reading all these articles like not bored super interested like how do you think about organizing it and like evangelizing it within your organization um so like I have some things pinned in there that I want to like go back and reread as job prep um and then also just like you know straight chilling pretty much (laughs) nice straight (laughs) chilling Straight chilling and reading Slack pins. Yes. Great week. Solid week. Yeah. What what do people talk about in there? Is it just sharing articles or is it does oh, it get man. into like actually What do we do after sketch symbols? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um I think the cool thing about it is there's really good organizations. So like if you look at the channel list, it's like topic, naming, topic, tokens, topic, react, but it's also like tokens. cities, San Francisco, cities, oh, New York. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can go in there and you can be like, hey, like I'm working on a React component at my job and, um, like my manager who's like not on design systems full time thinks we should like go this way. But like, I know that like it should really be done this way. Do you guys have any like tips that I could use to convince him or like articles stating like this is the best practice. Um, But you can also just be like, oh, like I have this situation and I don't know how to make a component for it. Like, does anyone have like similar experiences? Um, And it's also like, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but it seems at least by the number of people or like the people who are actually talking, like it doesn't super skew San Francisco. Hmm. Um, So it's like, oh, I'm a developer in Australia and like I'm working on this thing. You're like, oh, cool. Like, wouldn't have met you otherwise. Yeah. Or been aware of you. How long have you been thinking about slash working on design systems e things? Um, Like, probably as long as I've been interested in design, but I didn't super know it was a thing for a long time. Um, Like, I was just the girl who got really angry about, like, all the different kinds of buttons. Um, <laughs> like, these this- buttons make me so mad, and I don't have the right way to talk about them. I'm feeling with these feelings. Too many. Um, yeah, like at my first job out here, um, one of my coworkers created this tool called CSS dig and, um, it's a Chrome extension and you load it on a website and it'll like tell you like all the CSS that's happening. Um, but the way that I used it was to like, look at all the different shades of blue that we had. And there were like 90. Maddening. Uh, <laughs> maddening. I just saw Diana uh, Mounter give a talk, uh, 
at like a design systems event and she said that there were 2,449 colors or something like that in the <sighs> GitHub design system at the time, like when I, she joined. It happens. What? Yeah. Just all off by like one? One hex? I think it's just people like color picking. Yeah. Yeah. Different color spaces. Screens. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I used this tool that he created and I went through our whole um, marketing website because I was working on com design at the time and uh, just like submitted a pull request. And I was like, Dope. now we have a SAS variable and we're not going to touch it ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I must approve all changes to this variables file. Do not. <laughs> it would be really great if people just automatically use the variables you set up for that right. stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, people are like, okay, that's cool. So like, what about this like assignment you had? And I was like, oh yeah. Um, oh shit, actual work. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at one point I was talking to someone else in the des design community, just kind of um, looking for advice about like, oh, you know, what do you look for in a job or how do I know like if I'm a good fit or whatever? Um, and their advice was like, you know, hiring managers all day long are looking at resumes and portfolios and like you need to like have something to lead with that like makes you stand out mm -hmm. and I was like oh man like I don't know what to lead with and then I realized like oh wait this is like kind of a thing that some people hate like some people do not care if there's like 900 colors um but I do care or like the margins are off or like anything mm -hmm. like that um and I can sort of make that my quote-unquote superpower and like what I can bring to the table like I can be the person who real good at grids <laughs> <laughs> yeah love grids um <laughs> Like what I discovered last nth child in CSS so that I could have like the last three <laughs> things in the grid, like not have the extra padding um, that the things above it had. I was uh -huh. like, people out there get me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those CSS spec writers are really <sighs> yeah. in my head. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, so wait, what did you end up putting on your portfolio that made you stand out? Um, it wasn't so much like, oh, I changed my portfolio and went through it that way. It was just like, I should look for opportunities or when I'm talking to someone about an opportunity, like make sure they know, like, I think I'm good at this. I think I can add value in this way, as opposed to being like, I will give you my time in exchange for money, <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. um, start thinking of it a little bit more specifically. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that in job interviews, it's important to say how you're going to provide value to the business. Right. Like, um, what would your superpower be, Brian? I will bring nice vibes. Nope, that's not <laughs> a good answer. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm working on my own startup. <laughs> uh, yeah, instead of saying like, "Yeah, I really want a place that can do X for me," like, I want a place where. I can learn, I get a team to work on, I have a manager, I get paid. Right. Like just spin that and just say, I want a place where I can right. help contribute this one thing that I'm pretty good at. Yeah. And then also like realizing like I don't need to be great at like everything in design, right? right. If someone's like, um, can you do like X super random thing? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like I, I can't do the job. I'll be like, no, but like I can do this. So if you have a need for that, like awesome and then sometimes people don't and I had a lot of conversations um, with companies specifically in this last job hunt where they were just like not at a stage in their company growth or product growth where like that was 
like worthwhile for them to have someone on that full time. Um, And that was great because I was like, all right, like I'm not wondering, should Mm -hmm. I go there? Should I not? It's like, well, I might be a great company, product team, but. Probably not a good um, fit. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. It's just like a level of intentionality that. It's knowing your market. Yeah. (laughs) Like knowing what you bring and also what you want to get. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we should back up to figure out how we got to this point in oh, the first sure. place. Where are you from? I am from the New York City area, just north of New York City. The New York City area. Tri-state area. I've like tried to tailor that answer being on the West Coast because like, you know. <laughs> if you say you're from New York. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like people are like. Sick oh God, Manhattan. So like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and, you know, even within doubt, I'm doing air quotes downstate New York people have like very strong opinions about like when you say New York and so like New York City area is the most accurate efficient term (laughs) (laughs) gotcha that I've that I've come to use okay yeah did you grow up studying design art so I went to college not super knowing what I wanted to do didn't know that like design was a thing Mm -hmm. I actually thought about going to art school for photography um and then I had a friend whose dad was a photographer full time and I like he was like super talented but I was like I don't know if I want the thing that makes me happy to be the thing that I like have to charge money for cuz mm-hmm. like that kind of ruins like, the it right business and, yeah. yeah um so I was like oh you know I'll just go to college and see what's interesting So what did you end up studying Well <laughs> I was in a liberal arts track and sort of just taking my general requirements, seeing what was interesting. Um, But then because I was interested in photography, I joined the college newspaper um, because there was no photo club. And hanging around the office and, like, getting more involved, um, I started to, like, pitch in with design. Like, oh, we need a house ad designed or a random page designed. Um, And I'd sort of, like, stay late and help on that. And then I was like, oh, man, like, I love this. I want to do this all the time. And I stayed with the newspaper um, for the rest of my time there. But there wasn't like a really equivalent major at my school because it was not. (laughs) Newspaper design major. (laughs) It was not um, an art school by any means. And so the closest I could get was uh, a studio art major with a concentration in graphic design. But my design classes were solidly my worst grades in college. Really? Yeah, I mean... But you loved it. I loved design. I did not love their design (laughs) classes. I did not like design classes. too systematic. Yeah. Um, Because it was like... Needs more colors. It was like super old school. Like the professors were... Like being a professor was their side hustle because they were just like graphic (laughs) designers who like needed to fill out the rest of their days, I guess. Mm. Um, Because it wasn't like a respected program within the school at that time, although I think it kind of is growing now. Um, And so I was like, well, like I can spend my time. Like um, I ended up becoming managing editor of the newspaper. So that was like 40 hours a week. Um, And I was like, what? (laughs) Holy shit. 40 hours a week plus school. Right. Doing the newspaper. Yeah. And it's funny because like the longer I'm out of school, the nerdier it sounds when I talk about this stuff. But um, the newspaper was called Pipe Dream, which is a little out there. And uh, what was the school? Binghamton University. It's in upstate New York. Is there like a pipe reference in there that I'm missing? No, <laughs> it was like 
Uh, we are the Binghamton Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> our mascot is just a, the mighty, mighty pipes. <laughs> a, a cylinder. We will club you with our pipes. Yeah. So um, we're actually the Binghamton Bearcats, which was a thing that the newspaper covered. I think it changed in like the early 2000s or mid 2000s, um, like purely for like focus group reasons, which was sort of interesting because like Bearcat is what like, even is a Bearcat? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> People are like, why are why are we this thing? Um, but the newspaper was unique among college newspapers in that there was no journalism school to like pull interested journalism students from or like professors to tap for advice. Um, there is no like full time adult working there, which like I don't know if you would think that there would or there wouldn't be. But most <laughs> college newspapers have like full time staff that stays from year to year. Did you have a part time adult? No part time. I need it all. We need it all. And we had no funding from the school, so what? in that sense, it was sort of like a startup. We so this is just like totally put together by students. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, that so sounds rough. We, but actually, awesome. it was great. That sounds awesome. Actually. The year that I was a managing editor, there was like two new student housing complexes that had just opened, and so they were like having an advertising war. Um, that year. <laughs> huh. so, so you guys got paid through selling ads on your own oh yeah like That's that dope. like we were sort of like mm, print might die like kind of soon so we should like be aware of that not like you know go spending all our money but we weren't like strapped for anything which was wow. nice that's yeah. great uh so how long did you work on that um i was the managing editor you get like a one-year uh term are you voted in you are voted in. Oh, you have to run. What? Yeah. Um, what are the qualifications? Um, Must enjoy news. <laughs> yeah, actually, like, you know, news is great, but I was, like, in it for the design. Yeah. Um, and what's cool about it is, like, you get people who are, like, just really into sports, and this is, like, their avenue to be really into sports, and some people who are really into design or photography or, uh, like, the pop culture section. Um, and it was all these people that I, like, would have never crossed paths with in college otherwise. Um, so in that sense, it was pretty cool. And, yeah, we, like, took ourselves so seriously. We are like, we have a... We are journalists. We, are we journalists. have integrity, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that was fun because, you know, you're putting out a real product every week and we had a website and you could like track the stats and like, are people reading it and what are they reading? And, um, did you work on the website? I didn't work on the website. I was like strictly print at the time. Yeah. When did you switch over to like building things online? I would say like, you know, most people like, have casual beginnings when they're mm -hmm. younger. It's so, like MySpace or, um, Neopets. Like, yeah, so I'm actually like, I had not heard of Neopets since what? moving out here. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, kind of unconventional, but I, I got my start on Neopets. And I'm like, people I don't say even. unconventional, but that is a, like our number one answer. It exactly. Is, it is convention. Yes. So um, have you guys heard of Nancy Drew? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's this company um, that made Nancy Drew computer games. And, <laughs> you know, you like have to solve the mystery uh -huh. or whatever. And uh, there were message boards where you could go on and be like, oh, I'm stuck in the castle, the back room, and I like don't know what to do next. Um, and like people got super into it and people had signatures. Yes, form yeah. signatures. signatures for form Nancy Drew. signatures for Nancy Drew. Sick. And uh. it wasn't like quite HTML. It was like short, short codes that are similar to what you would use 
on like a WordPress site. The brackets. The brackets. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hex values and like just my introduction to that was like Nancy Drew. Message what was your course. signature? Do you remember? Oh man. I mean, like you change it all the time, like your like your aim profile. But <laughs> you know, they would do all these things with like special characters that like to make like a swirl. So you'd use like an asterisk and then an interpunct and a comma and the underscore and uh-huh. like yeah, yeah. make these swirly things. ASCII. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. That was an intense message board. They took it quite seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, I didn't think of it like that. I feel like <laughs> I feel like in the hour I've known you, you don't take yourself too seriously. No. So somewhere along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> changed. Yeah. No, but it was good because there are people on there who would like teach you how to do it. And so it's like how to do the signatures or how to solve the mystery. Both. Both. It yeah. was, you know, mm-hmm. multifaceted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really yeah. diverse. How to make the signatures is a whole new mystery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were like signature boards like within. And you could like request them from other people. There were people who had like a request board. This is they my were like a really hobby. good <laughs> signature maker. And you could be like, oh man, like Sleuth Girl 291. Like, Isn't that- how many people are in line <laughs> for your signature? <laughs> Those people are probably doing what we do today. Yeah, I wonder if I've like met anyone, yeah, yeah. you know? Because like Sooth Girl, do I know you? <laughs> Where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening and you were on some Nancy Drew message board back yeah. in the day. Let let me know. Let, let's connect. Let's grab, let's grab coffee. Add me on LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was your first intro to digital online yes. design stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then like poked around on MySpace as people do, mm-hmm. um, Tumblr, like yeah. you get into some mm-hmm. stuff. So is this there. before or after college? This is in high school okay, or like middle school for the Nancy Drew stuff. Oh, uh, I thought this was post college. Oh, I was like, this is like damn. more impressive after college. No, no, this was like, <laughs> no, I went is- deep on Nancy Drew. <laughs> At my first job. <laughs> my first college phase was a confusing time. <laughs> it was, but for other reasons. No, um, so yeah, Nancy Drew, solidly middle school that I, you know, evolved <laughs> to MySpace, Tumblr. Um, and then really my first intro was like, I took myself semi-seriously as yeah. a photographer yeah. um, in high school, as many high schoolers do. Um, and so I had a portfolio website yeah. and I like bought a WordPress theme and like hacked that together. And I was like, wait, how do I make the arrows like closer, not there or whatever. So yeah. it was more like modifying stuff. Um, and then in college, um, one summer I worked at a local like web design shop where they built websites for like all of the small, at the time, small mom and pop shops in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a web designer there for a summer. Um, and again, it was like, not super designy because you're basically like using a theme and like their design needs were not super advanced like they were like i want a website so that when someone googles my business they know when i'm open they weren't like looking for anything too cutting edge but um did some stuff there and then when i moved out to san francisco i worked as a com designer doing a lot of web stuff why did you move to san francisco um well i graduated college and i knew 
that maybe I'd end up back in New York at some point and I wanted to sort of like force myself to try something else. So I applied to jobs all over the United States and the one I got was in San Francisco. And what was that? It was at a company called Optimizely. Mm -hmm. They do A-B testing uh-huh, and yeah. optimization. Yeah. Um, and They're like four blocks away. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, I was there and that was when I first got interested in uh, design systems sort of in the like professional sense because um, Optimizely created their own design system or is working on it called OUI, Optimizely User Interface. And we, we, <laughs> we, yes, their mascot is like a little French bulldog named Louis. Wait, actually? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can go this on the, the GitHub repo and see Louis. He blinks. Um, it's cute. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing for dogs to do. Yeah. <laughs> Keep those eyes wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the time, there was uh, a guy on that team who had built what he called like OUI core, which powered the product. And we were also trying to have it power the marketing site. Um, And so I sort of got exposed to it there and how you start thinking about, uh, this was the same guy who made the tool that like lets you find all the colors. Um, So he and I had a lot in common on that. And um, we had a big design team offsite to like Tahoe. And it was like all the product designers and comm designers working together um, to come up with standards for brand and product. so that was my first like, oh, wait, people, people can do this like full time. That was I pretty still odd. didn't yeah. identify that like I was a person who would necessarily be good at that. I was like, hmm. So how did you get involved or did you? Um, so it was something like the whole team was involved in. Um, and I was the one doing the web design for like the site itself. And I'd also like built other web pages like for Optimizely's marketing site. Um, but it wasn't until like a year later that I was like, wait, this is the part of, cause by that time I transitioned to product design. This is the part of product design that I want to be doing. Can we go back to that transition? So you were, you were comms designer. Yes. First gig out here. Yes. Um, and then I applied to the designer fund bridge program, which mm-hmm. is an amazing program. Um, and the other thing is at that time, I like didn't know anyone in San Francisco who didn't work at Optimizely. So that was like a great way to like, like <laughs> I need to meet friends. Oh, that'll, that'll <laughs> I also want to switch my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Um, so it was like friends and design community in one. And, uh, my like soft spot in design has always been typography. Um, and obviously, um, like the thing you love or like a weakness? Oh, the thing I love. Okay. Like, oh God, uh. but did you see their type? <laughs> um, and so through Designer Fund, I got a job as a product designer at Medium. And um, I think it was really like nerding out about type in my interview mm. that kind of got me there. Um, when was this? What? When was this? January of 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or I started in January 2015. And uh, I don't know if you guys have read some of the articles that uh, Marchin has put out, but he was yep. like well known for like yeah. writing about underlines. Marchin's great. Yes. Marchin's yeah. really smart. <laughs> and I was like, that underlined article. Yeah, yeah. For me, like for me working there, but I was like, can you just, can we talk about underlines? <laughs> <talk about> <laughs> underlines? Marchin can talk about keyboards for hours. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. The Polish yeah. S, like yeah. he's incredible. Um, 
yeah, so that was kind of how I made that leap. And it was also, actually, that's where the newspaper came in a lot too. Because uh, one of the things I learned designing the newspaper is like, if you have a super great design, like if it looks fantastic, but it's all like crap underneath, like you're going to be getting people to pick it up, but they're not going to keep reading it because it's crap. Uh, if it is like fantastic journalism, well-written, well-told story, um, but it doesn't look good, people aren't going to pick it up. So you really have to find this balance of like making something look appealing and then also having like the solid content underneath to get yeah. people to actually read it. Um, and Medium sort of has a similar challenge, right? Like they mm -hmm. have this like beautiful platform and people read it and it gives whatever you're writing a sense of um, value. Value, right. Yeah. So um, I talked about that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I feel, I mean, there's probably a million parallels there, but certainly in podcasting, that's what yeah. we thought about a lot is if you have the best podcast in the world, but it sounds like which shit. Which we obviously do. Which we obviously do. <laughs> but if it sounds like <laughs> no, shit, no. no one listens, right? Right. And then conversely, you can have the best mics, best audio gear, best producer in the world. But if you're just talking about, I don't know. <laughs> shit dog politics <laughs> we're, we're really the shit town of design dog politics that actually sounds like a fascinating yeah, podcast yeah, hang on <laughs> roll back uh, lord prime minister taco <laughs> yeah. yeah so yes. tell me a little more about the the transition from comms design to product design was that a challenge for you or was, did it feel like a natural evolution in in what you were working on um yeah i think so i ask because people come to us at times and ask like I want to make this transition from one kind of design to product design what do I need to be working on or focusing on totally so I think when I got out of school I was just sort of like applying to any job I could like get my hands on um and so I fell into comp design not because I was like oh like this sounds great it's like I, I need a job so like you know what up yeah yeah <laughs> I'll come work for you who's gonna pay me um yeah so um in that sense, I wasn't like, oh, you know, this is my passion or whatever. And um, there were certain things about comm design that I didn't really love. And one of the things is that it's like, like, I don't feel like I'm a creative person mm. at all. Um, I feel like I'm more a person who likes to organize things. So a lot of comm design is storytelling. It's marketing. And um, that like is totally a valuable skill. But when I was doing it, it was more like, I'm sort of appreciating this art form, but it's like not mm -hmm. really for me. I really just want to think about like. I just want to put things in places where they belong. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just want to like organize this information yeah, in the way totally. that makes sense. And that was sort of like similar to the newspaper. It was mm -hmm. like, you know, you're looking at a front page. How do you organize it? Like, uh -huh. you know, what are like the little tidbits that you put on the top? Wow, I did not expect to be talking about newspapers this much this morning. Um, like, how do you design the the top of the paper to like give people all the right previews of stuff and is that the right organization or not um a newspaper is like the one place where the fold matters right yes <laughs> yes absolutely and has to be hyper efficient and it's right. crazy town yeah but like do you have like a gripping in a photo to get people to pick it up or like is there something like weird and different on it that will get people to pick it up um and so when i transitioned into product design it was more like all right now i'm like back to thinking about like where does this makes sense and mm -hmm. is this logical and are people going to follow it um which isn't to say that that's not a part of comm design but it can sometimes be like 
I need an illustration and I need it tomorrow. Do your magic. And I'm like, I don't have that magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm all out. Yeah. Did you have to study anything in particular or like were you reading or talking to people that helped you make that that transition? Yeah, I think so. One of the cool things about working at Optimizely was that um, the brand team and the product team were one design team. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like some crossover there and certainly in terms of meetings, like we had a design team meeting every week. Um you like saw the designers you saw what they were working on um you had it was like a studio model kind of thing yeah kind of um they actually don't have a marketing design team anymore so mm-hmm. like I like a know. lot of their designers ended up leaving at some point yeah so they definitely have a smaller team now but that ui engineer that i keep mentioning uh he like came and worked on some brand stuff too and i got to talking with him um what's his name his name is Tom, Tom Janoni. Hi, Tom. You will never listen to this. but uh, <laughs> You don't know that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we will find you, Tom. Tom. We will get you to download this. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so awkward. <laughs> and uh, he probably has, like, no idea that he had, like, such an impact. But anyway. Uh, well, now he has to listen to it. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he and I were talking once, and I asked him, like, how he got into being a UI engineer. And he was like, you know, I was a designer before at a small startup um, and they didn't have an engineer. So Mm. I was kind of doing both. And then I realized like I was rushing through the design part to get to the engineering part, not because I didn't like design, but just because that's what I enjoyed more. Um, And I sort of see myself on a similar trajectory. Like um, I've been working on some side projects that are more development heavy. um, And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to at Credit Karma is a design systems role has a lot of overlap with front end engineering mm-hmm. and that's something I'm excited about. So what for those listening at home, what is a UI engineer? Oh, okay. So a UI engineer is someone who sits essentially between um front end development and product design or um just regular engineering and product design mm-hmm. if that's how your organization is set up. And their job is basically to like handle um, a lot of the things that maybe typical engineers don't really care about or want to work on. So like mm-hmm. HTML, CSS, um, front-end JavaScript, that kind of stuff. And they serve as the bridge. So they usually have like good design sensibility. Maybe they were designers before and they just appreciate it. And um, you find a lot of companies who are working on design systems maybe have those projects mm-hmm. headed up by UI engineers. Because um, it's, again, it's about... People who fun. understand the system from both sides. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and they tend to just like fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. The UI engineers uh, I've worked with that were really good were the people who wanted the crazy challenge of front end stuff around uh, like performance and animation and uh, complex layout stuff. Like, yeah, they like those, or the people I worked with really enjoyed those kind of puzzles. And if you gave them a standard layout with none of that, they were bored. Yeah, like yeah. This is all of ours were deeper. They would they would build entire features and design them themselves. It yeah. was amazing to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated yeah. position. I did. Yeah. It. Not not into it. Just not not into it. Down the road. Would yeah. would do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a good role. Yeah. <laughs> would do. Uh can you tell me a little bit about your experience at Designer Bridge? Designer Fund Bridge. Yeah. So I had an absolutely amazing time. For anyone who doesn't know, which bridge program were you in? I was in Bridge Five. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So 
you basically apply. It's sort of like a common app and you can say what companies you're interested in. And if they're interested in you back, you kind of go through an interview process. But what's cool is you have a cohort of other designers who, for the most part, like started their jobs at roughly the same time. Um, and you're all at companies that value design. And uh, you get together once a week for like a workshop and a dinner and a lecture. Um and they had so many interesting people come and talk, both about things that I was interested in and things that I like would never seek out to know about. So um, one thing that was really awesome is they had a bunch of people from the U.S. Digital Service come in and talk to us about what it's like to design for the VA or for immigration and that kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, that's just like problems on another scale. And that was absolutely fascinating. And I was like, oh, that that would be like a really cool to explore um but they also had someone come in and talk to us about what it's like to work on robotics and like i'm not like into robotics i would probably never like seek out mm -hmm. that kind of information but um it was fascinating to like hear about what design is like in that world so um i had a really great time and so it's through that that you got paired with medium yes and when bridge ends did you stay at medium so my employment with Medium was for the duration of Bridge. Yep. Um, and so that was like my first introduction into product design. And then um, from there, I went to work at a small blockchain infrastructure startup. Chain? Chain. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the people who shares our office used to work at Chain, uh, Matt Madison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't met him, but like... <laughs> one time I was in a, <laughs> I, was uh -huh. on a road I know trip. who that human is <laughs> I was on a road trip and like his uh, Will Peng his um, yep. Yep. co-founder mm -hmm. was yep. like in the car and I was like oh I work in a small company you probably never heard of it he was like what is it I was like chain so yeah it's so, like 20 people or something so it's not unusual for people to not know it how the hell did you end up at a blockchain infrastructure yeah. service well, company there were a couple other people from medium who went there too right like tess renierson tess was there yeah so tess and i didn't actually overlap at medium um but i talked to her um when i was there and this was sort of like after i had tom's words um like bouncing around in my head about like he was a designer at a small startup and he like got he to be planted a the uie team. seed yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, you know, it might be cool to join a really small startup. Um, you get to wear a lot of hats. I could like explore some other stuff. And also like there's something that appealed to me about working at a team that small. Mm -hmm. um, you just like there's a lot to do. And it sort of felt like maybe being at the newspaper where it's like, you know, there's always a fire. But um, that's how you that's how you get things done and that's how you grow. Um, so I had a friend who worked there and she introduced me to the designer. Um, there was one other designer there. So that was also nice. And I really liked the team. I went into that being like, I don't... Bitcoin? Is this Bitcoin? <laughs> uh, curveball. It's not. And, uh, <laughs> um, Spoiler. Yeah. Jesus. So now I know a lot. About the blockchain. Uh, relatively. The yeah. blockchain. Yeah. I can tell... I couldn't describe what a fucking blockchain is to save my life. <laughs> uh, distributed ledger technology. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Basically, what Chain is trying to do is provide software for large financial institutions to like, basically come into the modern era. And uh, the way my boss explained it to me at the time was like, picture if this is how Twitter worked. 
like you write a tweet and you press post and someone at Twitter like reads your tweet, writes it down, puts it in the mail, send it to sends it across the country. And then uh, three days later, someone in New York who's like in posting at Twitter, like reads your card and like types it up and presses post. Um, and that's sort of like the financial system. Um, like if you guys are familiar with Venmo, like you have to cash out and like it comes to you three days later. That's because it's like traveling ACH through all garbage. These, yeah, intermediaries. Yes. Um, so by providing a company like Visa with blockchain technology, um, they could transact instantly instead of like having payments. So what take. kind of stuff did you design there? Um, so while I was at Chain, I was working um, on like this dashboard that they have, um, sort of like when you're blockchaining, quote unquote, like <laughs> <laughs> where do you look at what's happening? So worked on that. And that was definitely challenging, like did a lot of like talking to like different people about like what it's like to um, work at these like huge financial institutions where there's like so many rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of them are not like typical Silicon Valley engineers. Like they're not quote unquote rock stars they're like you know like <laughs> they aren't caught up in like, the bullshit they hype. sound like nicer people then <laughs> <Yeah>. they sound <laughs> awesome um so you know like a lot of times um in san francisco companies you might have developers who are like i love this tool and like i think we should use it um and and they're like we use dot net yeah <laughs> And so a San Francisco uh, engineering org might be like, oh, yeah, we want to make our developers happy. Like, we should, like, adopt this tool that they like. Um, whereas in a large financial institution, it's like, uh, we do this and we will do it this way. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. Um, but when I was there, I was also, um, again, you wear a lot of hats. So I did a lot of front-end development there, um, more so on the marketing side. So I built a new web saver chain um, from start to finish, which was my first, like, start to finish web development project that was not for myself. Wow. Um, so that was fun. And um, started like working on what could have been a design system there. But I realized like the small, that startup that small wasn't like quite for me because I wasn't actually getting to spend enough of my time on the things I was interested in. Like, you know, there's a conference. You need to like have a brochure. <laughs> Let's do that for a while, you uh -huh. know? Um, and it was around this time that I was really realizing like, okay, I am interested in this intersection between like consistency and code and um, components and that kind of stuff. Um, and once I realized that, I was like, that's that's what I want to do for most of my time. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do after Chain? So after Chain, I did not go into design systems. <laughs> <laughs> I um, realized the one thing that was calling and yeah. I did not go do that. So I actually went to Sequoia. Sequoia Capital um, at the Sequoia Creative Lab, mm -hmm. um, basically because I didn't know where I wanted to land. And the thing that appealed to me was like, it's like relatively low commitment in terms of time. It's like you go until you figure out what you want to do and then you go do that. So I was like, you know, I can take this time. I can work on some projects. I can have a job, but I can also like go out and meet teams and like see how things are structured and see where I fit in and take my time figuring out um who am i who am i <laughs> exactly yeah uh so what kind of stuff did you learn there or did you figure out who you are figure out who, well that's what i really like solidified uh the design systems thing and that was something that i wanted to work on i did some front-end web development there also and like was this all for like um companies in the portfolio or 
Um, it was a mix. Like there was some internal Sequoia stuff. Um, but on the side, I was also taking a 12-week JavaScript class at General Assembly. How'd that um, go for you? Like the 12 weeks of JavaScript? Yeah. So um, at first, I like sort of thought it would be like a UI engineering prep class. You know, I thought it'd be like, hey, this is the best way to mm. code an accordion or like whatever. Um, it's not that. It's basically this low level intro across the board. And like the first few weeks, I was like, wait, I thought I was going to learn about like how to make a carousel the right way. Um, just kidding. Don't make carousels. And uh, <laughs> it was an introduction to like all of the basic concepts, which actually ended up being better because then when the class ended, like I had... I knew enough of what I didn't know to like find the right things to Google when I wanted to do yes. a side project that yes. I had. Yes. Okay. Uh, what would be some examples of things that you learned? Like arrays. And, <laughs> arrays. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Or got, like got promises. Like yeah, you didn't yeah, like yeah. actually get into like how you would use that practically. Yeah. You, you but, actually know how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Something dot then. That's all I <laughs> yeah, got. Jury's out. Dot catch. Um, cool. Yeah. Or like a... You know what a promise is, boy. <laughs> no? I know what they are. <laughs> we can go write some promises later. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like using APIs. Um, yeah. Would you recommend it? I would. Yeah, I think it's like, as long as you go into it with the right mindset, which is like, it's not a UI engineering prep course, um, which I found to be a good thing at the end. But at the beginning, I was like... What the... Yeah. Was it crazy expensive? It was. Yeah. It was definitely one of those things that I was like, because like one of the things that I, um, one of the pet peeves that I had of being a designer is like, like, I don't want to get into the whole like, should designers code thing? Because like, I think the but. answer to that is like, maybe. <laughs> um, but for me personally, I had like so much frustration not understanding how like my designs were being implemented. And so like, I think that's sort of how I got into things more and more was just um, poking and poking and poking around. And like, if I needed a new page at Optimizely, say I'd like find an existing page and copy and paste that and like sort of like rework what was already there. Um, and then... Like, I knew HTML and CSS, like, pretty well, like, felt confident enough to, like, make a whole website for a chain and all that. Um, but I was, like, this, I have, like, come up against the wall of, like, my ability to self-teach or, like, my discipline in self-teaching. Um, and so I was, like, you know, this is going to be worth it. It's going to be expensive, but it'll be worth it. How long did you end up staying at Sequoia? Um, I was there for six months. And that was till recently. That's the, like, intended term, though, right? Yeah, it's like three to twelve. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like up to you, I guess. Like mm -hmm. whenever you feel ready to move on, and so um, I did my JavaScript class. I was like reading my design system Slack channel, and I was like, I want to like go out and try to get a job mm -hmm. doing this specifically. Um, and so once I figured that out, I started going on interviews and talking to companies, um, and then I landed on Credit Karma. So. And somewhere along the way, uh, Helen Tran tweeted a thing on the internet. Yes. Yeah. That did happen. That. <laughs> yeah. So um, Helen Tran, who I think has mm -hmm. been on the show. Yep. Yes. I've listened to Shout her. Shout out, Helen. Hi, Helen. That was um, one of the weirdest, funniest episodes we've <laughs> yeah. ever done, I think. It was uh, yes. Butthole Grandma. That was <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you've Solid listened. Praise. Yes. Um, yeah. So she tweeted something. And I think it was April or 
May, and she said, I want you to name five designers that are value, five women designers who I, you think are valuable to this industry. Um, and the thread got, I actually like counted this up at one point. I think it got like 300 responses that generated like 600 names because like mm-hmm. some people named the same person, yeah, whatever. My following count went up 200 that day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. So um, a bunch of people were joking around like, oh, like this is a great thread to recruit from. And uh, Cap Watkins, who's VP of design at BuzzFeed, was like, uh, this woman, this woman, this woman, this woman. But I have a whole list. I'm not going to like say the whole thing because I'm trying to recruit over mm-hmm. here. Um, and Helen made some joke that was like, oh, man, like me too. Like, don't steal my idea uh, or something to that effect. And... Like, people were jumping in, like, oh, yeah, great place to recruit from. And I was like, well, like, what if I wanted to work for a woman in design? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, where are those lists? And then I had this realization that, like, most people, not most people, but a fair number of the people who are being named have some sort of, like, career identifier in their Twitter bios. So I realized, like, if I could just, like, take this list and sort through it, I could, like, find women who I said they were design managers or VPs of design. If only Um, there was some technology to quickly iterate through a list of items. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So um, I wrote down all the names manually. And by manually, (laughs) I mean like I typed them into Excel. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that's like the number one question I get. It's like, but how did you parse the names? And I was like, that would have taken so long to like write a script to like weed out every time you're mentioning someone because you were nominating them, not because like you were just talking to them and all that kind of stuff. And I ran it through the Twitter API so that I could like plot everyone's profile data. And I put it up in a Twitter profile directory that I call women who design. And there's a list of common filters on the left, like developer, product designer, manager, Um, that kind of thing. And so you click on director, you can see all of the women who have been nominated who call themselves a director. And that URL is womenwho.design. Yes. It was originally going to be women in design, women in design.com and women in dot design. Those URLs were all taken. So it became women who dot design. Who's stealing those domains from you? Right. There wasn't even anything there. It's like, what are we doing? So you built this thing. Yes. Just, because you felt like it would be valuable. Yeah, I think like there are a lot of people out there probably who like want to find more interesting people to follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and like especially like women want to see like other women who are doing things because I think representation is important. So um, like it's cool when you see someone like you doing the thing that you might want to do one day. Um, and then I think it's also cool for people who aren't women because sometimes like you don't know that you don't know a lot of women or that you're like not following a lot of women. And, um, I think there's value for everyone in like having more people, but especially people that you're interested in what they have to say specifically. So, um, like, you know, if you're not into illustration, like don't go follow a bunch of like women illustrators just so that you can be following more women on Twitter. Like, you know, you're a developer, like find the developers. Oh, they're um, also illustrators are the best people to follow on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> it makes your timeline much happier. Yeah. Especially if you're in design Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So I thought like um like being able to filter was kind of like a powerful thing in terms of like 
like no one wants their timeline to be like full of people like talking about stuff that isn't relevant to them yeah. um, necessarily. So and what, at least when it comes to work stuff. What was the hardest part of building this? A mobile menu. <laughs> 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 uh, like the unsolved like, problem of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh man, like this is not an interesting answer, but like when you, when you have it open on mobile and you want <laughs> Uh-huh. when you want to close it it's like not intuitive to press the menu button again because it's like all the way up in the corner so you like people just like tap outside it and then like making it so that when you tapped outside the mobile menu you weren't like clicking on the link of like whatever was actually there yeah. um, gotta put an overlay in that just yeah. accepts a click and yeah. Like, yeah. fascinating yeah mm. and you wrote all the code mm-hmm. yeah. and you launched it I launched it it happened how's the response uh way bigger yeah <laughs> than I thought um I'd always been like solidly a Twitter lurker, like not not really an active participant. Mm-hmm. And so it got picked up a little bit and my friend like, Carmel wrote a piece about it. Yeah, she did. On the Figma blog. Uh, that was really cool. Um but I was not prepared for the level of traffic. So it crashed like pretty much immediately. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> like, success. Um That's yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you so, deploy it on? Uh, Firebase. So I had to just like give Yo, Google my credit card and be like, the uh-huh. charge me as you see fit for the traffic yeah. or volume that I'm getting. Um, so that was really cool. And um, hopefully like people have found value out of it. There's also like a section for submissions and I got way more submissions than I can handle. So I'm actually working on rewriting it right now um, in a way that will support like all these new people who've been nominated. Um, but I was traveling for a little bit, so I've been <laughs> on hold. <laughs> but that's what I was doing yesterday, actually. I was like working on the new version, which I'm writing in React. So nice. Nice. It's a little slow. React is no wonderful. React. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very fun to work with. Yes. I have found. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little more about the, that, like wanting to keep work on the side project because I find. I either go one of two ways. Like I yeah. launch a side project and I just never want to touch it again. Like yeah. it does the thing. <laughs> right. Like you you built a website that does the thing. Yeah. Why do you want to keep working on this over time and what are your like more long-term plans, if any? Yeah. So I would say like I definitely feel you on that. Um, I've been traveling for the past six weeks and so like sitting down at my computer yesterday and opening it, I was like – what Wait, code did I write? Yeah, exactly. Like, why? <laughs> Who I, wrote this? Was, was that me? No. Um, I wouldn't write this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's definitely challenging, but it helps that it's something that people have told me they've gotten a lot of value out of. Um, so I've gotten like a bunch of messages and emails and stuff from people who are like, thank you. I'm like, like one of the things I think was really cool is when I have launched other like projects or sites or like small things nothing on this scale people are like oh congrats good job like you tried to do a thing and you did it or this is cool (laughs) um when i launched women who design the response i got was thank you yeah um people are like thank you for making this um so that's when i think about like when i sit down and i'm like starting to slog through it i'm like this is like a cool thing that people are actually using and um appreciate having so that makes it a little easier and so you want to fix some of the stuff around submissions and getting more people onto the list? Yes. Are and there then, other ideas for for where you want to take it? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff um, that I was planning to do before like the volume became a problem. 
And so like my initial plans were you would be able to log in, like authenticate with Twitter and yep. just like follow people directly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like you could log in and um, grant access if you were cool with that and mm -hmm. just like follow people directly from the list. Um, another thing I want to build out is like a, I have a Twitter account for the project and I want like when someone gets submitted and then added to the directory, I want it to be like, hey, you've been added. And then there's like a couple other things that are like, you know, if you want to learn more about like these kinds of topics, like check out some of these resources or like here's what you can do yeah. for women who design. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of work left. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you're building it all in React. Yes. Are you going to have to build a server to do the authentication stuff? Yep. Node? <laughs> yeah. So it runs in Node right now or yeah. like the, the back end does. Um, I actually wrote a post on CSS tricks. If you're so interested in reading about um, like how to build your own Twitter directory using Firebase. Um, that doesn't sound like CSS. <laughs> well, that's not that, a CSS trick at all. They do have that asterisk in the. Oh. If you go to the website, it says like no CSS and or tricks are guaranteed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, basically, like I'm doing a bunch of stuff that's like okay to do if you don't have a lot of traffic or people looking at it, but like really not chill to do if like there's like this many submissions and like page load and like infinite scroll, but like infinite scroll when you have a filter list, like how does that work? And I wrote the front end in jQuery, which is like not at all suited to scale in that sense. Um, and so React is like a much better solution, but there's a lot more to learn. So Awesome. Yeah. And so you're starting your job in five days from when this episode comes out. Yes. What's keeping you up at night? What's keeping me up at night? I would say like the diversity in tech is definitely an issue that's been top of mind particularly as I've worked on this project um, and learned about like all of the different ways diversity can be handled and mishandled um, and like how to be inclusive not just of mm -hmm. women who design but anyone else who's marginalized in some way um, and like how to be someone who's helping and not hurting like I got some feedback on women who design was like, well, like what about non-binary people? And it's like, mm -hmm. that's totally valid. Like, you know, this project doesn't serve them well. Um, or, you know, like, I guess like, how do you like get done what you need to get done while making sure that like you're elevating like the right voices and like voices that are not your own on things that like you can't speak well to um, without like alienating anyone so that they don't care. You know, like I think that's the hardest thing. It's like sort of like that old issue of like getting people to like pick up the paper, but also having good content. It's like you want to like make it relatable enough so that people like understand and care, but also like, not shy away from like this is a problem and we need to talk about it because mm -hmm. um, I think it's really easy to like sort of gloss things over and I do that too and how can I get better about that and like call things out when appropriate does this look like um, forking women who design um, to be different kinds of things or women who design just expanding its I think like, it's more like requirements you know, not promoting women in design as like, or women who design. Oh. 
<laughs> messing up the name of my own project as like yo i'm all over that yeah, that happens as, like, constantly the solution or like being um someone who like even says this is the solution i think one of the reasons i like the project is that it tries to just like elevate other people who like have their own thoughts right so like i'm not saying like oh follow this project and like i'll tell you what the right answer is it's like um i don't know like this person is having this experience over here and this person is having this experience over there and we need to like all work together to like listen to everyone's problems mm -hmm. and figure it out. Um, but there have been some people who are like, um, can you open source this? Like I want to do um, women who develop or engineer or code, women who code, that's what someone asked me about, or um, like LGBT mm -hmm. who design um and that's something that i'm definitely aware of as i'm working on the second version of like what how can i make this like other people will understand my code ah, i yes. want i want other people to be able to use it if they so choose trying to write things for open source has like totally changed the way i like write code yeah it's a on those scary. projects yeah <laughs> it freaks me out yeah um i think it'll be more of like a if this is a good starter for you go for it but i make no promises mm -hmm. about <laughs> Quality. Big disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that is one of the scariest things about like trying to transition into the front end world. It's like when it's not just me and my side project, like launching something. So, like, oh, if it goes down, like, my bad. I'll <laughs> fix it. But, yeah. like, you know, there's there's no one else on the line for it. So, mm -hmm. well, thanks for coming cool. to hang out with us today. Yeah, Thank I appreciate you it. so much for having me. That was episode 210. Hope you dug it. If you digged it let us know what you thought we're on twitter at specfm otherwise come join our community on spectrum at spectrum.chat slash specfm where we chat about design development what's going on in the world and each of these podcasts you can let us know what you thought again this is spectrum.chat we hope you enjoyed it before i know i did <laughs> golly that was fun before we go though be sure to also get a job at shopify just quickly in passing just go get a job at shopify change your career no big deal shopify is building their team they're looking for you they want designers content strategists researchers and ux leads to help grow their team and build amazing tools for businesses all around the world you can learn more at shopify.com careers or if you just want to get a peek into what their team is working on and how they think go to ux.shopify.com or to one of their five offices in canada and san francisco and just look in the window or that and don't get arrested. Don't tell them we sent you. They'll be like, a design podcast? You're hallucinating. <laughs> uh, but for real, if you want a job, shopify.com slash careers. Thanks so much to Shopify. Our second sponsor is Abstract. Their windows are too high. You can't look in their windows. Actually, they're on the top floor. So you should go to goabstract.com. That's like their internet window. Stop. Browser window? Is that your joke? It's like their internet window. <laughs> Abstract is a design management platform that's going to change the way you and your team work on products and files and designs. It's a source of truth for all of your sketch files, making it easy to work together with your team in real time, collaborate, and basically just not have a shit show of merge conflicts and file system messiness. It's a source of truth for design. It should be your source of truth. Go check it out at goabstract.com. You can try it for free for a month. You're you, gonna like you the way abstract. you work. Stop. I guarantee God, it. I fucking hate you. You're fired. <laughs> Go to coabstract.com. Thank Thanks you so much. Abstract. To abstract for sponsoring. Thank the you show. twice as much for putting up with this. <sighs> Have Love a great you. Week. Bye. Bye.